Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. We have another episode of listener questions this week because, you know, we're teachers, we're in the mode of being reflective, and we're in the mode of saying, hey, what do you need? Hey, what do you need? It's that responsive teaching that we're really into here at Brave New Teaching. So last week we were talking about backwards planning. We answered some questions that our listeners had about backwards planning. And really they, they boiled down to three different areas, assessments, standards, and flexibility. And so today we are talking about grading. We asked for questions in regards to grading, and these ones boiled down to three different areas as well. Grading I've been talking about grading a lot lately on my own channels, like on the caffeinated classroom, because it keeps coming up. And I think a lot of it is because we are in 2021 and we are still riding the wave of pandemic teaching and yep. grading is a huge, I mean, grading is always a huge thing, right? Like it's something we dread. It's also like the most important part because that's how we know what our kids have and haven't learned. But like, it's also really stinking hard and super mystical all at the same time. So I'm excited to kind of debunk a few things today. What about you, my friend? Oh, yeah. I I actually recorded a, earlier this semester a, an entire episode for grading teaching on um, kind of like the grading myths that I've tried to debunk myself. And uh, my episode's a little bit more about how to make grading something that's not the worst and yeah. how to make it something that's like manageable within your life. So it's not the, the every single weekend you're sitting down with a like old school, right. We used to like sit down with a bag full of papers 
Bad now box. it's just like they're all they're all hiding in your computer. So like you can't actually <laughs> see a stack getting higher or lower. Uh, but we talk a little bit about that in that episode. This is going to be a little different because we have those specific questions that you guys want to talk about late work resubmissions and standards. So we're going to get into those really specifically with you guys today and uh, see where we end up. Yeah, I would say the most common question we got was about late work. So I'm excited. to I'm excited to dig into it. Let's Shall start we? there. Yeah, all let's right. start there. Cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right. Late work, late work, late work, late work. I've always felt like kind of an outlier because I accept and always have accepted late work and I don't have the time in me and I don't have the energy in my body or soul to like count points off for late work. There's a lot of philosophy behind it, but like, that's my biggest people are like, what do you do about late work? And I'm like, I accept it. And then I grade it. There's more to it, but like, that's the simple answer. Okay. So let's, let's back up a second, because I think before you even, before you even decide what your policy is, like what we, what you need to make sure happens is that whatever you believe about late work, it has to be clearly communicated to students and taught to them. You Fine. need to teach your policy over and over again. Now, if yours is give it to me, whenever there's not much Marie has to do, but if you have a late work policy, if you want it to work, if you want it to be something that kids understand and don't ask you 45 million questions about all school year long, you've got to work at reinforcing, uh, presenting, telling it to parents, putting it on your website, putting it everywhere. Like it, and you need to stick to it. So whatever that is, you got to be consistent and clear, like so many other things in our, our world. Everything, but I can tell everything. you, I have experimented with so many different policies and the only ones that worked were the ones that I stuck with and I was clear about. Well, okay. And so I will say, and I knew I was being too like simplistic, <laughs> but you like, want to like go home or like, are you done podcasting today? No, like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's, you know what it is? It's, we just had a grading period end. Like two days ago, I was doing progress notice grades and I had students ask me, what about the late work? What about the late work? And I said, if I have to tell you, I'm going to accept it again, I'm not going to accept it anymore. Like it was one of those moments. So like, it's not (laughs) like my, it's not like my grade work policy just like magically makes the questions stop because they just, I mean, they're kids and they don't listen. And then they tell their parents one thing and then their parents believe them because, you know, that's your kid telling you that. So of course you're going to believe them. But like the kid was working on faulty information in the first place because they didn't listen. So like, yep. Okay. My grade, my late work policy goes like this. I do not accept certain assignments late because there's no point like a bell ringer. I go, no, you missed it. You're out stop missing bell ringers and you'll be fine. It's not going to make or break you unless you miss every single one. Right. And even still, if you miss every single one, there's a different problem that we need to address. So that's, that's like my philosophy there. (sighs) Late work. You're going to turn something into me late. Fine. I, I will absolutely accept it. And I will tell you that I will accept it. I will grade it. I will include it in the next upcoming like, uh, grading period, but I cannot tell you when I will grade it. There's mm-hmm. not like a, I'll grade late work once a week. No, I'm grading work, work once a week. 
if you could not get that done on time for whatever the reason, I do not know when I will get to it other than I will get to it. So I have a few kids that get like, they're, they get real uptight about, well, I turned that in three weeks ago. Yes. And it was due four days before that. It's like, I just have to be really kind of harsh and say, right. Mm -hmm. My policy is my policy. It will get done. I cannot tell you when. And that's, I mean, kind of a little bit of a life lesson for them because I used to try and say like, oh, and I'll get late work done within two weeks. No, I can't do that. I have two kids. I have no idea when I'm going to grade that crap. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Um, and, and, and I do, I get it done. Like, there we go. That's it. I would like to officially nominate Marie Morris for president. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know with the mood I'm in as we're recording. You just said, am I ready to go home? <laughs> Listen. Okay. So Marie and I did not talk about this before this episode, you guys. So we, we've briefly like chatted about it in our, in our life, but like, I didn't really actually know what Marie was going to say about her light work policy. <laughs> um, and what's kind of freaky is that mine's almost identical. So mine's definitely, Oh, don't you dare turn in six assignments from three units ago and expect a grade tomorrow. Uh, no. So I have a couple of like, so, so in my district, we have some school wide late work policies that I have to work within, um, that I don't totally disagree with. Um, so my, my policy is just a little bit, has a couple more pieces to the puzzle than Marie's, but it's generally like the philosophy is the same. So, I'm able to, in my grade book, categorize and weight things. And so what I try to do is use two categories, classwork and assessments. And I only give two kinds of work in my class. Classwork, which is practice that we do in the moment, right? It's a, it's bell work. It's maybe it's a response to, um, or it's a discussion or whatever that might be. I call it classwork. Classwork non-refundable. Don't you dare try to give that to me three weeks later. It was meant to be done in the moment. It's also only worth 20% of their grade. Right. So like, there's no point you get, that's like right. with my bell ringers, they're the warm up for what we're doing that day. That day. So like right. it's, it's so silly to be doing a Fahrenheit 451 analytical quote warm up when we're right. into a choice novel unit. Like we exactly. done, we're done. Yes. Move on. I, I make that super clear that any, so in my grade book, I can actually label classwork and in the grade book, it says not eligible for late work, not eligible period. That zero stays a zero forever and ever, but it shouldn't at the end of the world, like you're saying, Marie, it shouldn't be what kills you unless it's consistent, which again is its own problem. So then when it comes to assessments, which is everything else, I'm not giving kids anything other than assessments and classwork. There isn't anything in between. Um, and I think right. the more... What's that? I said, right. Like, oh, I thought you said there? what? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, was, I was, I was like nodding along, like fangirling you like, right. That's, but there's, that's it. That's Don't it. <laughs> and, and there's no need to break things into anything more narrow. So then 80% of my grade book is assessments. And so I kind of scaffold assessments within that by their point value, right? How intense they are. Um, but I absolutely will accept them late. Um, my, the, there's two caveats. The two caveats are one, if it comes in late, um, my students do lose the ability to revise. Oh, so yeah. the, ins 
incentive for turning work in on time, not incentive, like the expectation is that all work comes in on time and all work that comes in on time can also be revised. So that kind of comes into, you know, our next question, which is about resubmission. So your work comes to me on time and assessment, you turn in a Sesame street quiz, you turn in an essay. I don't care how big or small it is. If you are not satisfied with your grade and you want to do the work to revise it, you're welcome to you turn it in late you've, you've lost that opportunity because like you said, Marie, like it's impossible for me as an educator to both teach you and manage that paper load when things are coming in willy nilly and, and you can't respect a deadline. Um, obviously if there's a, a, an individual issue, I tell the kids like communicate with me early and often, I'd rather give you an extension than deal with the mess of, of late work. Right. Like, well, so I try and to deal with the, which one do you want me to grade? Right. Like, right. okay, you've turned in multiple to me now, sweetie. I don't know what you're doing anymore. Right. Cause because we do, I mean, and no matter how big or small your classes are, that is a lot. It's just, it's just a lot. And, and I think it helps our students to realize that they're not alone in the world, that like their actions domino onto others. And this is, this is realistic consequences of actions. Well, and and I I hear people make arguments and they say things like in the real world, there's no such thing as deadlines. People are always giving each other grace. And I'm like, yeah, but (laughs) it's not true. true. It's also, I think it's a character thing, right? It's about like respecting the other person and their time. And I tell them, I said, the reason I create deadlines for you is not because I want to teach you about the real world, but because in the real world, I, I actually plan the days when I'm going to be grading your assessments. And I sit down to efficiently do that in one sitting or one or two sittings. And so if you're going to go around that for whatever reason, then you've got to understand that I can no longer make accommodations for you. And, and, and when you do it over and over and over again, it's also a personality trait that a lot of employers don't really like, I mean, you're going to present something and you're not ready for it. Like, I mean, that's not great for you either. I have to, I'm very, my spiel goes like this. We, we live and operate with resources. And one of those resources is time. And another is energy. My resources of time and energy, a lot like Amanda was just saying, this is, I mean, this is what I tell my students and they hear it from me over and over. And the poor kids who have had me multiple years in a row are like resources. Um, but like, I only have so much time and my students, they only have so much time and they only have so much energy. Right. But like the way that school works is that our time and energy is generally aligned to a certain amount of like, to a certain extent where we are in class at the same time, we are working at the same time. I am the conductor leading. They are coming along and engaging, you know, along with and our time and our energy are being spent in alignment. When it gets out of alignment, it takes extra time and extra energy that has to be taken from something else. It is finite, has to be taken from something else in order to accommodate where we have gone off course. And that is fine, except that there has to be a lot of flexibility within there. I don't know when I'm going to get your late work done. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that resubmit if you couldn't turn it in on time because I did everybody's feedback the first time around. And now your feedback is three weeks off. Right. And it's not a punishment thing. I hope that this is coming across to everybody. Yes. We're not talking about punishing kids. We are talking about being also very real that like we are humans and we only have finite time and resources. Like, so 
it's okay for our students to know that we're people and to know that like we have deadlines to say, cause that's, I completely disagree with the whole thing about the real world doesn't have deadlines. Then I can do my grades whenever I want. Well, right. Right. It's, so there's and, that, and, and there's so, that double standard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. but also like if our students are going to be going to college, if they're going to be joining the workforce, there are real hard deadlines to things. This is a great lesson to learn now rather than no, you didn't get your college app in on time. And so, so, okay. So one of the other caveats, so I have that late work caveat. Um, if it comes in late, it, you know, same thing about like when, when you're going to get, get it back and that you can't resubmit, uh, our other, our school-wide rule is that once a unit summative has happened, nothing from that unit can be redone. Oh, so damn. Like, once you've finished unit four, so well, you're in a quarter system, so it's a little bit different. That's so like, true. yeah, we have nine week quarters. So if we did right. that, that's kids, a little different. Kids would be left in the dust, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so on a semester schedule, right. If I'm going to do unit four five and six in semester two, and I'm in unit six, I, I am not taking anything from units four or five. That's over. Well, it's kind of um, like the, the kiddos in quarter, the end of quarter two, it was February. And I had a couple of kids try to turn things in from Halloween. And I was like, oh, you're so cute. That was from quarter one. I, I li- right. you've literally moved on to a different course. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and I think that's to your point, Marie. And I think that what we're trying to do, and, and I think we're going to get into this when we talk a little bit about standards, we're trying to do the best of, of what we can for students while still creating a realistic connection to what's important about, especially, I mean, I, we both teach English and I, and I know like one of the things I've struggled with this year is we've kind of morphed into this turn it in culture where it's more important to turn all your stuff in. And, and the learning part has really suffered more than ever before because everyone's panicking about kids failing. Everyone's panicking about percentages in the grade book. And, and I keep trying so hard to explain to counselors, admin, parents, students, like, I'm sorry that I'm not going to accept work from forever ago. And I know that you're failing, but you're not learning anything by turning things in eight weeks late. You haven't learned Yeah. That, well, because there's no way that that is true. I mean- Let's put it this way, looking at it from like a pedagogical standpoint, if I can accept something for credit that is from three months ago, what was it for? Right. What, like all of my assignments, right. every activity, every assignment builds towards something. Right. If we miss large chunks of those building blocks, well, there you've got holes in your infrastructure. Big time. So how did they succeed on a summative when they hadn't done the work to get to it? Why? Right. And that's, that's the other thing I explained promise. I'm never going to give you busy work. You have to do this work in earnest or you will not succeed. And you're going to have to go back and go back through the whole process again. Yes. And, and so I think if we kind of transition then and talking about standards, so, um, you know, a lot of people talk about this idea that students should be rewarded for what they do well. Students should be able to, um, you know, I think part of the push to let kids be able to resubmit stuff all semester long, like that push, I think what, what a way to, to another way to dream that up is when we think about standards-based grading, or we think about how we put our grade books together. So there are lots of ways to still do this, but still have high expectations for kids in terms of turning it in. So one thing that I've played with is, um, well, not played with, I do, is that I assess kids on the same standards a lot. Like we spiral through, I mean, literary analysis, I don't do once and drop it. I oh, do it multiple you times. You repeat yes. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we I repeat those yes, skills same. and those standards. However, your, your grade book looks like my kids are not only getting one chance to write something using evidence. 
right? So if the first time around it went really poorly, but the, the second, third and fourth time it went really well, well, you're going to be rewarded for it in the grade book. But the other ways I can kind of sneakily do that or not so sneakily, um, you know, you can talk to your team, you can have, um, or even your students, maybe they can drop their lowest score on something. Maybe kids can keep their best score on something. Um, I think there are ways to still do this without creating this turn it in whenever you want it culture. I think we can still use our grade books and use some creativity in that aspect to still create a culture where we want kids to progress and be rewarded for learning things eventually, but not turning things in eventually. Does that make yeah. sense? No, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Well, okay. actually I'm going to circle back a little bit to resubmits for just a moment because well, this all goes together, right? It like, really does. Is, it yeah. really does. So like, <sighs> I just did a whole episode. I have a very fledgling. I haven't even talked about it on here. Podcast from the caffeinated classroom where I just literally answer questions that I get on like Instagram and YouTube because I'm really bad at answering direct messages as many people know. And I just did one about how do I set up my grade book? And here's the quick and dirty version. Okay. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. If you want the full one, basically my grade book is set up by the standards. It's four, three categories, reading, writing, and then listening and speaking as a category because I'm an ELA teacher. I just take the standards and I set it up that way. Anything that has to do with writing, building writing skills, assessing writing skills goes in writing. Anything that has to do with reading. I mean, right. Same, 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 same. When it comes to resubmits, anything that is a formative assessment or summative assessment in my estimation needs to show mastery before a student can move on. They need to show that they are understanding what's happening before they can move on to something else. Therefore, if it is a C or lower on a summative assignment, they don't have the option to resubmit. They must resubmit. They must redo it to show me because I don't think that a C is mastery. A B no. is mastery and an A is superior. Like that's the skill set there. And, and so, and I know that that sounds to a lot of people like, wow, everybody's going to be resubmitting. They're really, they're really not. It really, like once I, put this practice into place with formative assessments leading up to a summative. By the time we get to the summative assessment, they actually finally know how to do this stuff. Yeah. And so they don't have to resubmit it because they're not BSing their way through or leaving things blank because they've already figured it out because I've made them redo their quizzes so many times <laughs> that they have to redo it. And it's obviously not like six times they're resubmitting, but it's like, okay, sweetie, that's a D. Oh, well, I'll do better next time. No, you're going to do better to this time. Let's go. Like, you know, and so that's like where you build in reflection and you build in a lot of things. It resubmits um, don't actually give me more paperwork. They, they, they lessen it quite a bit when I use them really strategically. Yep. Yeah. I think all this really just takes practice, but hopefully we've answered those three big questions for you guys today. Um, and I'll be sure to link in the show notes, the episode that I did about grading and the yes. one that Marie just did about grading. I'll link hers as well. Um, so please check out those show notes for goodies and extra ideas and ways to continue this conversation. Cause it's sure not over. I mean, no, it's over now, yeah, for now but, but, but well, and in fact, we've talked a lot about assessments. We talked about summative assessments, but we talked a lot about formative assessments and we have coming up very soon for you guys, our masterclass called down with the reading quiz. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks. It is completely free. We talk about our three 
favorite like tips and strategies for uh, creating formative assessments and using them with your students in a way that is really purposeful and like such a useful tool, like game changing. Have I sold it hard enough? Game changing (laughs) strategies for your classroom. It is not just for ELA teachers. It is really, I mean, it is obviously we're two ELA teachers, so it's, it's geared that way. That's where our examples are, but we've had teachers from all over the content areas who say, oh my gosh, this was so helpful. And that is why we keep offering it. And it also leads up to us opening the doors to our course curriculum rehab coming up very soon. If you're not already on our email list, make sure that you head to bravenewteaching.com so you can get on our email list. If you want to find out more information about Down with the Reading Quiz, uh, you can register for one of our offerings. There's information about curriculum rehab there. And our show notes are also at bravenewteaching.com to make sure that you didn't miss any of the circular conversation that we just had, which was completely (laughs) my fault. So, uh, and then also one more quick little ask. If you have a moment, will you give us a rating and review on iTunes? It helps other teachers find us and join our Brave New Teaching community. (sighs) This is actually a fun conversation about grading. Grading can be seriously such a pain in the patoot. But then when you like really start getting into it and you use it as a tool, it's, it's kind of awesome. Well, and my, and my final thought is if you can have consistency among your team or even among your department, this process becomes so much easier when everyone's on board together. I know that might be a dream scenario, but if, if one teacher has this expectation and another has a different, it does feel like you're alone. So maybe you need to share this episode with another teacher. And that way you can all be together on the same page, trying the same things together and working as a unit. And then kids are like, Oh, my teacher does this. And like, Oh, my teacher does that too. That's a much better position to be in than having two different agendas. So totally. Well, and it starts a conversation, right? Like it gets to a point where it starts a conversation. Let us start the conversation for you rather than yes. you feeling like you have to do it. Cause that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself when you grading and grade books can be really personal too, because we feel like we're being judged by everybody. So let us start the conversation for your department and then you guys just continue it and do what's best for you and for your kids. We're here to help you be brave. That's exactly what this podcast is all about. So let us start the convo and uh, let us know how it goes. Absolutely. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in today and we will see you next time.